interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello and welcome to the Salt Report, where two of the internet's saltiest nerds dish out all their salt regarding video games, cosplay, comics, movies, and all things nerdy. I'm Kay, and recording with me tonight is Jesse. Yo! The sponsor in our hearts this week is specifically the fat chocobo alarm clock that Square Enix put out, because it's very good. So fucking much. So I was at SAC Anime, as you all know, more on that later, and I and I made the mistake of walking into the dealer's hall, um, and I saw it there, and it saw me, and we looked in deeply into each other's eyes, and I was like, but it's probably like $4 million, and I look over, and it's like 20 American dollars, and I was like, oh, this is a test. This is a test yeah. from God. That's where they get you. Because yeah. I got their Tonberry lamp and their Moogle speaker. Because I'm like, oh, they're only like $25 or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't get it, though. I I kind of regret it a little bit. I kind of wish I had bought it. But I also did not. That, they have those at every con, though. So you can always save up. That's true. The and then I can just be like, please, let me acquire a boy. Um, <laughs> and I was like... I can pretend like I'm actually gonna wake up on time because I have this cute alarm clock. Like, I'm not just gonna hear it go off so, and look at it and close so, my eye again. <laughs> also, I can tell you these novelty alarm clocks are usually not a good time. My friend, well, it's like, in, so in university, I had a roommate and I got my roommate into Doctor Who because I cared about Doctor Who at that time, as many of us did once upon a time. Um, and my that roommate bought the Dalek alarm clock, and um, it, it was very testy, and sometimes if you tried to, like, hit the light so that it would display the time on the ceiling like it's supposed to, it would also set the alarm for, like, a random time. I can't even tell you how many times that thing sent me, f- like, almost jumping out of bed in the middle of the night because a laser blaster sound went off and it started screaming exterminate exterminate and i'm just like i hate everything right now and then it was really hard to turn off too it was the worst alarm clock anyway if you get the alarm clock don't use it as an alarm clock just use it as a fancy decoration just look at it from across the room your phone is a better alarm clock anyway Oh uh, yeah, I mean, also my phone yells, "Let's go, lesbians! Let's go!" to wake me up. So I mean, that's already great. Um, but yeah, I didn't buy it, but it was beautiful. But I exercised some self-control, like an adult. Although I might have not been as good at it if the person in front of me hadn't bought out the last two. How do you say it? Copaker? I have a really Copakers. Yeah, Copakers. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um. They bought the last two right in front of me. I went because I saw somebody carrying them and I looked all over the, like, convention hall and I finally found the person who was selling them and then the person in front of me bought the last two and I was like, in the arms. I want one of those plushies so fucking bad. So fucking bad. They're so big. (laughs) They're so big and they're hard to get a hold of and, like... You can get them on eBay, but I don't trust eBay like that. I don't trust like that, okay? And yeah, me neither. And I, they're so squishy, and I just want to hug one. I just want to squeeze one. Yeah, I couldn't even touch it because they bought the last two right in front of me. <sighs> Sometimes. So I'll hit Gaming Con, you better come through for me. Yeah. You bring, bring the forbidden <laughs> Copaker. <laughs> but yeah, that was the sponsor in our hearts, right? All right. Uh, moving into our pre-salt. Thank you. 
one thing that I'm going to talk a lot about probably and a couple things that I'm going to talk about for like five seconds. Um, Salt Lake City Pride was a couple weeks ago. It was like that first weekend in June and basically the, there's a festival but it's always a fucking madhouse and I've never actually gone into it and on this particular day because we, we went on Sunday which is when they always have the parade and yeah. it was just a zoo there was like a mob of people standing outside and that just didn't seem like my good my idea of a good time so we went to the parade and then my friends and I were like let's go to this uh, Middle Eastern restaurant that's nearby and then we got there and there was a line like out the door and around the block and I'm like ah and so we went to Doki Doki instead and got crepes and then we went back to my place and got in my car and drove out of the city to go to lunch. <laughs> That's a mood. That's an it was, mood. And it was dead in there, but the other people that were in there were def- had definitely just come from Pride and had the same idea as us. Um, and I got the best pad thai I'd ever had, so it was all worth it. Um, good times. Um, I also... It's E3 right now, and I haven't really been paying attention to it, and most of the stuff that I really cared about happened immediately before we started recording this podcast, so I haven't, like, watched any of the trailers or anything like that. I know that Shadowbringers dropped a new trailer that everybody is collectively losing their fucking minds about on my Twitter right now, um, and Final Fantasy VIII's getting a remaster, which is exciting because I kind of was convinced that it wasn't going to happen. Um, they had said before that they we're having a hard time finding the source code or any of the assets or anything like that. Cause games preservation is important, but unfortunately not a lot of people paid attention to it back yeah. then. Yeah. So actually the person to the, to the right of me, like I overheard them talking about how like they lost a lot of fan of final fantasy eight. Um, yeah. And is so they, they had to reacquire it for those of you who don't know, that was my first final fantasy squats in the mist. um this if anybody's interested in this sort of thing um double fine productions put out two videos when they were remastering well not two videos but like two video series i guess when they were remastering day of the tentacle and grim fandango and they might have actually put one out for um the other one that i can't remember the name of right now the biker one um but those are really good and kind of go because they had kind of the same problems where they didn't necessarily have all the assets still or all of the soundtrack or all of their notes or anything like that so they had kind of a hard time rebuilding parts of these games um they were lucky enough to find a lot of stuff but for example the silent hill 2 remaster is a trash fire because all that they had was like a really early beta build of the game and that's why it's such a buggy mess um there's other problems with that, including, like, the extended draw distance of the PS3 compared to the PS2 that causes, like, clearly unfinished assets to suddenly be visible in the mist when they wouldn't have been on the PS2. <laughs> I love this. Um, this, this is a, this That's is... also why this, the sign that says Welcome to Silent Hill is in Comic Sans in the <laughs> remaster. <laughs> I didn't know this! Listen... I'm I am video game baby in a lot of ways, so I love hearing this history. This is good. This is good shit. Yeah. Um That's just like if someone had to describe my life, it's just the comic sand Silent Hill remaster sign. And there's a lot going on in the Silent Hill 2 remaster that I won't get into, but those are some of many of its issues. Um 
but they, it seems like they must have dug up some of this stuff, um, or at least were able to find enough of it to base the remaster off of. So that's exciting. I am looking forward to that. I'll probably play it again. Final Fantasy VIII was never my favorite, and it wasn't my first, mm. but it's still a good game. Like I'd like to play it again. Maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I'll think of it more fondly now that I'm older. You know, or it'll be worse. But, like like, or it'll be worse. It yeah. could go either way, really. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, it was my. It's my favorite. Because I think of it the most fondly, because it's my first Final Fantasy. Like, 7 wasn't my first, 8 was my first. S- seven, 7 was my first, and so yeah. I do think that one really fondly. So I and that has a new trailer that I haven't watched yet either, but I Tifa, saw Tifa. Tifa looks real good. I, I watched uh, the gameplay with Tifa trailer, too, right before. I just saw pictures, and I love her. I'm so glad they put a sports bra on under her. Shirt. They did. Yeah. There's a, I, that's the first thing I noticed that she's wearing a visible sports bra. Yeah, and there's a uh, booty shorts under her skirt. So when she does like a kickflip, she's got booty shorts underneath. Yeah, it's good. Practical. It's good shit. It's the same costume. It's just more practical. I yeah. like it. God, I like Square Enix. Thank you for like. It's sad that it's 2019. I'm like, thank you for putting a sports bra on a female character that does a backflip and shit. Like, thank you. Because Lord knows, try, even in a regular bra, that's, imp- like, I I hate it. I hate <laughs> doing any sort of physical activity without a sports bra, and I'll be honest. Gotta strap those puppies down. Yeah. Can't do anything. This is like an ancient Jenna Marbles video said, like, you can't do anything when you got your boobs slapping you in the chin. <laughs> yeah, that's truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Aside from that, like, I'm sure I'm probably going to, what's probably going to happen is that I'll watch all these trailers and talk about them next week because I just didn't, I just haven't yet. All the Square Enix stuff happened before we started recording. And then I, I know that uh, FromSoft dropped a trailer, I think sometime while I was at work that I haven't watched yet. And um, we'll get into why that is later. But another thing I've been doing is I had my continued PvP misadventures in Final Fantasy XIV. Um it seems like they change which maps you can queue for based on either the day or the week. I'm not really sure which, but um, I had to do a different one this time that was actually you had to capture points instead of just destroying ice. And um, that was interesting. It Again, it's the Overwatch principle, and I'm sure it's the same with a lot of uh, team-based cooperative games where they kind of ignore the objectives in favor of blowing each other up. But I did have one victory where we had a strategist on our alliance that was directing everybody, and people were actually, like, fucking listening to him for once. And he was saying, like, okay, go to this point, you know, make a make a barrier so that the rest of the, like, the other teams will have to break through it. Just hold the line, yeah. retru- like pull back, you know, all, like we, he had all the fucking strategies. He had sound effects for all of them. So you would look at the chat. Um, it was awesome. And we won. And that was the only time. <laughs> That's the kind of person who would receive shock caller as a calm and um, overwatch. Although yeah. I get that all the time because I'm the only person who ever is like, group up with me, shock caller. <laughs> <laughs> And you're always saying it passive-aggressively because some idiot's across the map. Like, I need healing! Yeah! Group up with me! I need healing! Group up with me! Or, Uh, like, every once in a while I'll be like, why are we- why are we all trying to go the same direction and getting collectively slaughtered every single time? What if we just went left and, like, 
So I say group up with me and we go left and we take the point. And I'm like, the, y'all, and shot caller. And I'm like, <laughs> y'all okay? There was some other time where somebody got mad because um, people people got greedy and they went after too many of the points and we spread our team out too much and the other teams cut us to ribbons. Um and the guy immediately started just saying, like, thanks a lot, y'all threw, threw our lead because you got too greedy. And then just started writing good game sound effect, good game sound effect, good game sound effect in the chat over and over again until the timer ran out. And I'm just like, bruh, it's is only game. Why do you have to be mad? Like, yeah, like PvP also- in this game is so low stakes. I don't understand why he would be that mad about it. Also, like... <sighs> it's... When you do that, when you throw in the towel like that, like how are you how are you really like doing any good for anybody around you? Like I've seen people like do that in Overwatch too where they just stop and like start shooting a wall or something cuz they're like we're going to lose and I'm just like well we're definitely going to lose with that attitude, yeah. asshole. Like I've seen teams who are really persistent just pull it around in the last yeah. bit of the like 30 seconds. To be but completely we, frank, I don't think we could have pulled it around. Oh but yeah, it's it's. But still, that's not the point. It's still ridiculous it's not, to act like that. He was throwing a tantrum. Yeah, it's just like, dude, just calm down. Just we we are we're here to be friends. We're all of this together. As 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 Troy from High School Musical said. <laughs> um, I also finally did all of the. Alliance raids runs that I needed to do of Orban Monastery, Ritarana, and Rabbit Astray, and I'm free. I don't have to do them anymore, unless they come up in Alliance Roulette, but that's not happening very much right now. Um, I I didn't put this in my pre-salt, but I might as well talk about it. I got into um, the Labyrinth of the Ancients in progress at like 45 minutes, which has never ever happened to me before so i was a little bit surprised and i get in there and everybody's fighting uh king behemoth already um which is the one with the meteors and like i was like so what's going on everybody as they wipe again the impression i got was that they had wiped several times before i got in there someone's like well um i think all of our tanks are babies uh, and none of them really know the mechanics. And so I and a couple of other people kind of were like, okay, you need to take care of the electricity towers and hide behind the rocks and don't keep... Like, we we got unlucky in one run because um, Behemoth kind of, like, clipped through our meteors and that caused us to die even though we were behind the rocks. But, um, that you know, that it happens sometimes. But we got him. Yeah. And then we go into Flangathon, and then we wipe to Flangathon. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that that's, that was going to happen. Like, if you're having a bad yeah. run of Labyrinth of the Ancients, you are going to wipe to Ancient Flare. And so we get in there, and that's kind of when I realized the extent of the tank issues. Because our tank was, he was doing his best. He was a Dark Knight, so we probably had seen more of the game than the other two tanks, who I believe were a warrior and a paladin. Um, so he probably, ha- you know, probably had a little bit more experience tanking probably had a generally better idea of what the fuck he was supposed to be doing but still a baby tank um and yeah and that 
is confusing for a baby. Yeah. Although I had Kay with me, and I watched a video right before I went in. Yeah. Um, and I tried my best, but I don't really know the tank mechanics of that fight very well, other than, like, hold enemy in spot. <laughs> yeah, there is one enemies. thing where off tanks have to go do the, like, tower thing. And then yeah. there's the thing, that's the one that has the tag, your tank now mechanic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he died, our tank, and uh, was left on the ground for quite a while because everybody was kind of frantically trying to get through the boss fight. Um, and I kept ripping aggro off the other tanks. He was, like, ping-ponging between me and the other tanks, and I'm just like, what is happening? And Were I tried, you red-maging it? I was red-mage, and I tried popping both Diversion and Lucid Dreaming, and it just didn't... It just There was nothing I could do besides, like, stop attacking to huh. help. And, like, I don't know what was happening. I, I genuinely don't know what was going on. Um, I'm not maybe really they blaming anybody. Doing their aggro combos. Yeah, may- maybe they weren't. I don't know. I couldn't really tell. But all of a sudden, our tank says, Res, please. And I wasn't sure if it should be read, Res, please, or, like, Res, please. <laughs> and so I wrote back to him, um, Are you asking for a raise, or are you calling me out for stealing aggro? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he kind of writes back lol and i'm like listen diversion's on cooldown i'm doing my best here and i got four player comms for that stupid joke <laughs> i don't get player comms when i play well and sit and raise the party and save the raids but i do get player comms when i make a stupid joke about my name sometimes the bad runs are the most fun <laughs> Remember that time that person just typed please into the into the party chat? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm sure it happened. <laughs> just please and nothing else. Not not a statement, not anything else, just please. <laughs> Maybe I was on my own when that happened. But like there was no there was no description, there was no anything, there was no what they were saying please about. It was just please. <laughs> I had one where the black mage was like, I'll limit break when we get into the boss fight, and the tank just wrote back, no. No! <laughs> Do not cease, but I also just like, no. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm free of the level 70 alliance raids. I have all of the materials that I need for my um, I level 400 gear it's up in the air whether or not I'm going to be able to get all of those items before the Shadowbringer's maintenance happens. Um, but I'm going to do my best, and that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I put cosplay bullshit on here, but I have been incredibly lazy this past week and a half, and I haven't really done that much. But I did pattern out my Aura tail and start working on that. So I guess that's happening. I need to get back on the wagon and work on shit and get stuff done because that costume needs to be done by October. Um, and there's a lot of parts to it. <laughs> uh, but other than that, all I've done for the past week is watch and read and think about good omens. <laughs> in 2019. In 2019. I was watching an unrelated YouTube video and uh, the trailer came on for the new TV series that's on Amazon Prime now. Um, and I was like, oh shit, that's out now. And I'll be honest, they've been talking about doing a miniseries for a long time. And for an even longer time before that, they were talking about doing a movie. 
and people were like fan on Tumblr were like fan casting Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman in their lead roles, and I was just like, please no, not those guys again. And like I've been kind of dreading this for a long time because I love the book so much, and I wasn't really sure how an adaptation could turn out. Um, it's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I really liked it. They did not cast Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman in the lead roles. They 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 cast uh, David Tennant as Crowley and Martin Sheen as Aziraphale. And I definitely would have told you that they were not my first choices or even my second choices, but they're fine. They did fine. That book was published 29 years ago in yeah, 1990. Yeah, in 1990. 29 um, years ago. Turns to <laughs> dust and blows away in the wind. Um, <laughs> Let me fly, flinging my phone around because I did math. So the, the series is six episodes long, and the book, I had the book sitting on my shelf, and I hadn't read it in, like, ten years, probably. And so I was like... I don't remember the book very well, and I would like to see what was different for, in the show that I that wasn't like immediately obvious. There were a couple of things that I could tell that I remembered um, that they cut down or shortened or, ex- or replaced with something else. Um, so I also read the book in like three days, and I actually literally finished it like twenty minutes before we were set to record tonight. And I don't know where Speed I am right now. Speedrun and click straight through the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gamers. That's <laughs> how it feels right now. Um, that book's old. I there were a couple of moments where I was reading the book and they'd said they said something like like the use of the word oriental or whatever, and I'm just like, ah, yes, this book is like thirty fucking years old, isn't it? Mm, I remember now. But um, or the tape, the tape, the cassette player in his car. Well, his car is old. It's in 1926, yeah. so I mean, whatever. But like, but still, they make they make a special point of saying that Crowley has a phone in his car and that that's really fancy. Yeah, he has a car phone. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is one thing I noticed about the series adaptation is that I'm not sure what time period that show takes place in. Um, I think it does kind seem, of a clever move. It is move, kind of a clever move. move. Uh, it's yeah. not definitely not complaining about it, um, but it's it's stuff like it doesn't seem that different from the setting of the book, except uh, Crowley has a modern smartphone now, um, and there's a lot of like modern electronics, but also old electronics and older cars and just you know it's it's all over the place. Um, have you ever seen the movie It Follows? No, I but like I remember you said have. the same thing about it. Yeah, so It Follows is, like, one of those movies where you're, like, they're they're dressed modernly, but, like, also in the background, they're, all the cars are from the 70s, and then, like, this one girl has this phone that isn't even invented yet. Like, it's it's also set like that, and it doesn't bother me as much because it, that movie has, like, a... It's a horror movie, but it has, like, a magical realism feel where stuff yeah. happens and people just accept it. And, like... I feel like that's one of those places where you can get away with that. Yeah. And especially since, like, it covers such, like, a span of time, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, it's, so it's subtle changes relating to that in the series. Like, instead of having two, two, like, phone lines in his apartment for no reason, he just, like, calls his landline on his cell phone to travel through. <laughs> um. That's genius. That's genius. <laughs> Um, they also, um, there's a lot of, like, bits in the book where 
Crowley and Aziraphale like reference events that happened to them in the past. Those are actually in the show now as oh, like a montage cute. as part of episode three. Um, it's really cute. Oh, that's cute. It's really cute. Oh, no. <laughs> no, God. Yeah. Like I know. So the discourse has started anew with the um, gay baiting which is an absolutely oh, yeah. valid complaint and I'm not going to chastise anybody for making it, but like, damn, if I didn't fall for it, hook, line and sinker. <laughs> yeah. Just, there's a bit at the end, like Carly's like, you can stay at my place for a while if you want. And I'm just like, <laughs> please. <laughs> please. Like, sir. <laughs> sir, I. <laughs> Listen. Like, I'll I'll give them a pass because they're supernatural beings that technically don't have a sexuality, if that makes sense. Like biblically. Oh my god. I I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about like my friend and I were just talking about Neil Gaiman. I mean it's hard to talk about Terry Pratchett in reference to this because he didn't really have much to do with the scripting. Um, but my friend and I were talking about some stuff we pointed out, like how when we were talking about stuff we saw in a new perspective over time with Joss Whedon and like some of the stuff we see with mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman as like in perspective over time. Like we were talking about the manic pixie dream girl thing. Um, and then I was talking to Kay about how, cause Neil Gaiman though, at least is, he's a very accessible writer. Um, not that I think that all writers should have to be accessible, but like he answers questions on Tumblr all the time. Like yeah, all the and time. And on Twitter as well. Um, he actually yeah, roasted and- a guy on Twitter because he's because the guy was like, I stopped watching after the first minute because you dared to have a black couple play Adam and Eve. And yeah, Damon was like, whatever, bro. And then all of his fans came in and just roasted the shit out of that guy. My favorite was it the one that was, was like, so something weird. tells me this isn't the only time you've lasted one minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I... It was wild, but I was talking to Kay about, because you were mentioning that one of the four horsemen is referred to, like, as they, them. Yeah. Um, for through which, most of it. And we're like, that's a weird flex. Like, because yeah. I was telling that Neil Gaiman answered this one question about how he trying to, like, bring it into the modern age and address some things that weren't addressed in the, like, original. And I'm like, having a non-binary horseman of the apocalypse is a weird way to try and go about yeah. that. Like, I guess they're not really evil. They're kind of neutral characters. They even are though they're, like, antagonists, bullshit. though. They are antagonists, but, like, but the, my point still stands that it's just kind of like, this is not... I get that you were trying... An attempt was made, an attempt but it wasn't... was made. Especially since I had just talked to my other... Um, I have this friend, and he's, like, a cishet friend, but he's very nice, and he's also very willing to, like, listen to stuff. And I was talking to him about how a lot of villains are queer-coded. Um, and he was like, I had genuinely never thought about it until this day. And, like, I started going through all these different villains. The most noticeable one is absolutely Ursula. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's based off of, who of a Ursula- real-life drag queen. Yeah, like, that's obvious. But you'll see it a lot with, like, villains who, like, male villains who are kind of effeminate in a lot of ways and so on and so forth. Or, um, like, villains that flirt with each other or, like, that. it's very common to queer code your villains be- 
and historically. And I don't think, like, a lot of people do it actively saying, like, this is wrong, like, as they used to. <laughs> like, in the 70s, it was very obvious that people were like, this is wrong, and that's why we're making the villain this way, but then it backfired, because all the gays were like, no, I am like even so, more powerful now. Now it's, yeah. like, so ingrained into storytelling and yes. culture that it, people do it unawares unaware that they're doing it yeah so i i feel like yeah that was but i was just I was, it was funny because we were playing final fantasy and talking about it and i was like that like i know he meant well but that was yeah. absolutely my thoughts, my thoughts at that point hadn't really congealed into a point where i could articulate why i thought it was kind of weird that they picked pollution to be the non-binary character but it's like now now i've had a couple more days it's because he's they're like a weird bit part anyway. Like pollution has the fewest lines of all of the horsemen probably. And also a villain again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and like, as I, and I've talked about this before, I, I guess Loki in the comics is more like chaotic neutral now, but like they were the first person they picked to be the non-binary character, like yeah. in Marvel. And like, I have weird feelings about it because I love it, but also I'm like, mm. Like, I weird I mean, flex, but sometimes, okay. Sometimes when you throw the queer bait out, you catch a couple of fish, including me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have been queer baited, and I have been caught. Like, oh, oh my god, yeah. I and like I think, like he tried to address it. I wasn't very happy with his answer because his answer was that like. It, I, his answer was basically what I said about, like, the fact that angels don't really have sexuality, um, because also technically in the Bible they don't even have gender. He's like, that being they said, also, this is... They also say that in the book, like, tech, they're not, yeah. they're genderless unless they try really hard, but yeah. they're both presenting as men, they have masculine, like, yeah. Crowley at least has a, has a masculine first name, I don't think Aziraphale ever has a first name, but, like... Um, and so... <laughs> It, it's just kind of like there are things but you but you chose to have them present as a certain in a certain way like I don't know his answer was very much like I'm trying and I'm like an attempt was made but I don't know and like in all fairness to him like as a if I was one half of a person who wrote a book I don't know how I would handle like being given this show and then like not having the other person who wrote it with me yeah. there and having to make executive decisions about it. But I still think that like it was a little bit of a half ass, like a little bit how we talked about how like we understand that you gender lock these races for a reason. <laughs> But it's not the best reason, and an attempt was made to explain it, but I don't know that it was the best uh, explanation. Um yeah, I I mean, like, I have mixed feelings about it, too. I feel like that discourse is very valid. Yeah. But, but I just, they caught me on this, on the Crowley and Aziraphale, like, <laughs> pour me some of that gay shit, I'll take it. Like, <laughs> I, I was just telling my friend, I'm like, look at all these cute wing drawings yeah. in this year of our Lord, and I'm like, my gay anime ass, you want to know how many OCs I had that had wings when I was young? Like, you want to opens up DN Angel? Like, me, <laughs> There's even a cute moment at the beginning of the series where it starts to rain outside the Garden of Eden, and oh, Aziraphale no. covers Crowley with one of his wings. No! No! <laughs> wings! Wings are my weakness! I don't know why! Why? I, like, burn 
birds, I guess, maybe. I Like, I explained to Kay that sometimes when birds are relaxed and happy, they do this thing that's called heart wings, where their wings kind of, like, drop a little bit, and it looks like a heart. It's so fucking cute. It's so fucking like, cute. I love birds. I guess it's the same thing as, like, uh, when we talk about, like, how we wanted, like, ears for different races to move. Like, I'm a slut for when ears wiggle and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm that person, but I just something specifically about this reminds me of a certain time of my life, a certain like a specific period of anime. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. I do. And I. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's um, been a kind of flashbacky kind of time. Yeah. Um, one thing that is funny about the Good Omens. Uh, ne- uh, not Netflix. Amazon Prime adaptation is that um, they left in the Queen references, but they removed the part that made the Queen references make any sense at all. So, like, for those of you not in the know, any cassette tape left in Crowley's 1926 Bentley for more than a fortnight just becomes a best of Queen album. Why? It's <laughs> magic. Dark magic. I don't know. It Dark doesn't magics. really matter. Um, the show leaves that part out and just has him randomly playing queen all the time and so it's sorry like, there was a spider ah! <laughs> hold on intermission can we play some intermission music jake <laughs> so like when he drives up to pick up the antichrist like he's playing there's like muffled Bohemian Rhapsody in the background and there's a lot of Queen in the soundtrack, but they don't explain why that is in the show. Like they leave out the joke about all of his tapes turning into best of Queen tapes. And so like, there's all these people that are like, I don't understand the soundtrack for this show. And like all these like thought pieces about why there's so much Queen in the soundtrack. For- <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me. I guess it would be hard, because in a book, it's really easy to explain why something is, right? Because, well, like, you have... They leave in the like, joke have, where, where Aziraphale's looking through all of his cassette tapes, and he's like, what's the Velvet Underground? And Crowley's like, you wouldn't like it. And Aziraphale calls it Bebop. And, like, that would have been a really easy way for him to, like, pop in another tape and, like, oh, it said it was Bach or whatever, and it's actually just Queen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess you could... I just I was just thinking about, like, sometimes it's hard to transfer the show not excuse me, show-not-tell thing yeah. from books. Um, That's how they do it in but, the book, though. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good way to do it, I guess. Because <laughs> was like, what is this? And he's like, it's been in my car for more than two weeks. That's <laughs> just how it God, is. God, why would you... I guess, like, it, oh, he has stuff in his car. I guess, like... Then you would have to question, like, if he makes a Spotify playlist and leaves it his phone in his car, does it all become the best? His car doesn't have Bluetooth. <laughs> Fuck. It's oh, ancient. that's right. Yeah, but, like, in the book it was weird, too, right? Because it's a 1920s Bentley, but he has a cassette player in it. Well, can't you, like, retrofit that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I don't know anything about cars. There is... There is a bit where he gets into a Jeep that didn't have a cassette tape, but he he just assumed that all Jeep, all cars he owns would have a cassette tape, and so it just has one when he gets in there. I mean, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the technicalities it... of 
the logistics of this universe transferring into the modern era. I was mostly worried about, like, if this show would have been pretty much ruined if they got two leads that had no chemistry. Um, and thankfully yeah. they, that didn't happen. But also Martin Sheen apparently read some fan fiction and was <laughs> like, I'm going to play as, as if Aziraphale is in love with Crowley and trying not to make it too obvious. Uh, <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> Perfect. I, he, like, it's so cute. I one of my favorite tropes in general, like even like platonically, is like two people who shouldn't be friends, but yeah, are, for like every reason you could possibly think of, they shouldn't be friends, but they are. Like somehow, that's like one of my favorite tropes of all time. So it's easy. It's easy to get me with that. You fools! You absolute fools! But it turns out I was boo boo the fool. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would recommend it. It's good. I'm just as surprised as anybody else that it turned out good. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, it's only six episodes. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you could probably get a, a trial subscription and just watch it in, like, a week and then cancel your subscription. I would legally, uh, not that that's what I would advise. <laughs> Listen. You could do this. Are you gonna do it? We don't know, and we can't tell you. I mean, while, <laughs> while you're trying out Amazon Prime, you can see if maybe you like it, and then if you don't, you can cancel yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what free trials are all this about. Was, this was me and my Crunchyrolls thing, where I was like, I acquired Crunchyroll. <laughs> Well, you acquired Crunchyroll because you're living in the same house with somebody who has it. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I don't think there's a legal problem with that. It opens up Crunchyroll's terms and services. They better not create that as a problem or else a lot of people are going to stop using Netflix. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. if you had to pay per person instead of per household? Jesus. I, I can't because I just don't have the money for that. Yeah, me that. neither. Someone was like... Why don't you... My friend hates that I don't have Spotify Premium because I have commercials. And I'm like, I have to choose. I can only have one subscription. Only one. <laughs> and, like, if my mom didn't have Netflix, I wouldn't use Netflix. And I'm about to use her Amazon Prime to watch Good Omens. Like, and I'm using my friend's, uh, my friend's Crunchyroll. And then... The only subscription I actually pay for is, uh, for me, is for um, Final Fantasy. And even that, like, I can only do that because of the generosity of our listeners and the people. Well, viewers like are. you. Viewers like you and uh, the people who, my Patreons. So they're the only ones who allow me to do that. Otherwise, I couldn't do it. Um, so th every time she's like, uh, like, where, you know, why don't you have Spotify Premium? I'm like, listen, some of us are poor. <laughs> Some of us can't afford Spotify premium, so we listen to commercials. <laughs> it's not even, the commercials aren't even that bad. Like, they're annoying, but they're not that no, bad. No, but I I will go on one little tangent here, because I, I love everybody. Um, a little tangent. So there are these fucking commercials for hepatitis b right now i think it's hep b to be honest i kind of tune out because they're the weirdest fucking commercials so there's this one that's like 
this lady is talking to the birds and she's like which bird are you and it's like i'm the shy one he says covering his face and like they go through all these birds and the last one is i'm chronic hepatitis excuse me the last one is just (laughs) yeah hold on the last one is just silence for like i don't know 10 seconds and then finally i'm chronic hepatitis b slowly and silently killing you over the time (laughs) whatever and causing kidney failure and it's like they're all like that so they'll just be like and this is the sound of a cow or whatever and it gets to the and it's just silence it's like do you hear that that's the sound of hepatitis b killing you quietly and i'm like jesus christ (laughs) those commercials are terrible like i understand that it's the like california like health association it's an official government commercial but they're weird it's weird as fuck (laughs) i'm like can you just tell people that they could die from hepatitis b instead of like they want to get your attention i guess my whole day i guess anyway watch good omens if you can that's my pre-salt um so I just spilled Diet Coke on my arm because I'm a, a fucking ace human. But um, I'll talk about Sack Anime in a minute. I'll start with the most important news is that I finished fucking Stardust Crusaders. You're free. It's over. I'm free. I Except I kind of feel like I'm that old man from The Hunchback of Notre Dame who... Uh, gets out of his little prison cell. And he's like, I'm free! And, and then he trips the and falls. Yeah. It's the head- socks, yeah. <laughs> Diamond is Unbreakable is much better than Stardust. Yeah, so I just started Diamond is Unbreakable, and the first thing I, like, told my friend, I was like, hey, Jusuke's mom is hot. <laughs> and I'm like, Jusuke's mom is a MILF. And he's like, first of all, you're not wrong. I'm just surprised you said it, like, to somebody. <laughs> and I'm like... Don't be. Because, like, Josuke's mom shows up and I'm like, um, excuse me? Is that allowed? Is, like, not only does she show up, some weird guy is, like, hitting on her through the window of his car and she breaks his nose against the window of his car. And I'm just like, hello, hello, leans down. And then somebody somebody sent me a gif of um, Josuke's friend, not the tiny one, but the other one. Uh, yeah. um, The one with the scars on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Being like, your mom's kind of hot. And I'm like, that's the mood. That's the mood for this show. Um, I started episode one. I like the animation a lot more. Yeah. Uh, (coughs) Enjoy it. Um, I, the soundtrack was weird and, but like, it seems like the soundtrack for this one, they tried hard to, like, instead of it just scoring it, like, this sounds action-y and this sounds whatever, they created atmosphere with it. So, like, they, when this, like, one of the first shots is actually a great one of that, you just see the hands making breakfast and the radio comes on and it's playing the song. It's like, good morning, blah, 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 right? And you get like the scene of this person making food and then they set the food down and the camera pans back and it's just a bloody hand holding this like, like the hand has been cut off holding this mm-hmm. plate. Like when they, and at first it just looks like a normal hand but it zooms back. The shot, the atmosphere, everything about it is so good. Like it was just so good that I was like, wow, I'm in a different world entirely. Like you kind of are because I know that this whole um, season takes place in this one town. Um... Which is totally different from Stardust, which was really about, like, these people traveling. 
Um, but I really found the introduction to Josuke really good, too. Uh, because Jotaro... <sighs> He has a personality. His personality just sucks. You have to look for it. (laughs) Yeah. His personality sucks, and, like, you have to look for it, and he's barely a person, you know? He's a little bit better in um, Diamond is Unbreakable just because he's, like, mellowed out a little bit by being 20 years older or whatever. He's only 28! He's only 28, okay. Bitch, I thought... I forgot. Yeah. So, I I didn't mean to call you bitch as in bad bitch. I meant... (laughs) As in friend. I just realized that. Um, I just wanted you to know that I did. I know. But, um, so, he, so he introduces himself, and he he's he tells he tells Josuke when he's been born, and then he tells Josuke when he was born or whatever, um, and, like, explains the whole thing about how he's, how Josuke is actually his uncle. Um, and then he says he's 28, and I'm like... Bitch, what? <laughs> Y'all had me thinking he was like forty. He gets, he's like when, forty in, in part six. That makes sense. Yeah, I just it was for this one. People were like, people just just acted like he was forty and all of the like fan art and stuff. And I'm like, guys, he's only twenty eight. Me instant instantly ages and turns to dust. <laughs> like. I, I doubt that any of our 40-year-old listeners are old either. Y'all are fine. But, like, the thing is, is, like, they made him seem like he was, like, an experienced life person. I'm like, he's barely a human at 28. Like, um, I actually told my friend, though, I was like, I was more excited to see um, um, his stand, Star Platinum, than I was to see him. <laughs> like, I just kind of was endeared to Star Platinum. Like, he's like a Pokemon to me, you know? Like... Like, oh, there's Pikachu. It, there's buff Pikachu. Um, so cute. Like, his little ora, 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 ora. I'm sorry, I just, I like Star Platinum. <laughs> I don't really care about Jotaro, but I guess they're connected, so I have to see them both. Also, I like that they both got white outfits. That's kind of cute. Um, the idea of your Stan's outfit changing with your general change is, like, really funny to me. <laughs> um, and I, but anyway, they introduced Josuke, and immediately a hundred times more interesting. It's also interesting that, like, this started through um, Koichi. Is that his name? Koichi's point of view? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so you meet them through Koichi and Koichi talking about them and then meeting Josuke. <laughs> I like his first thought oh, upon seeing Jotaro is holy shit, he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a mood. <laughs> um, so, and then, like, <laughs> I really like Josuke's whole thing about how he's, like, super calm, and, like, they're, those bullies were, like, telling him to take his uniform off and shit. He's like, okay. And he's like, they're like, what are you doing squatting next to that fountain? And he's like, well, the turtles just woke up from hibernation, so I thought now would be the perfect time to get over my fear of turtles. And I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> and, like, it, everything was fine until they, and Jotaro's even like, what a little bitch. And then they tell they tell him that his hair is stupid and he just fucking, like, goes zero to a hundred so fast and just beats the shit out of them. And then he has to touch the turtle anyway. When those guys kicked the turtle, I was like, you kicked a fucking turtle. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's a turtle. Um, but he, I was so glad to know that he could, like, fix the turtle. Oh, it was so cute. Um... I'm Jesse. I'm glad the turtle. Lived. I think it's the, I Unlike think it's in that first episode. My favorite part of that first episode is Chotaro's like, well, what happens 
if like you get hit with the enemy stand and Josuke's just like I guess I'll die (laughs) (laughs) yeah I love them um so I, I'm I'm much I'm already much more interested in this season. I think the antagonist is super fucking creepy. Although I love Dio, I think people like I think you guys can sort of tell that I love Dio, but I really like Dio. Um, I have some issues with the end of the season that I will talk about in Salt, but like I just loved seeing that much Dio there at the end. I was just like, the Dio quantity went from zero to a hundred and I'm so happy. I met Vanilla Ice. So fun, fun thing. Um, vin- so they, so in the, as you probably know, there are a lot of copyright issues, uh, which is why apparently in part five, the dance torture scene was supposed to take place to P control by Prince, but they couldn't. So they recreated basically P control by Prince. And it's just different enough not to get sued, um, but it's almost exactly the same. Um, but they have problems with that throughout the whole thing. And Crunchyroll, like when they when they're um, dubbing it or subbing it, change the names. However, it's not like they bleep out people saying the names. Yeah, and the, Jap- and the Japanese the voice English. track is the same. Yeah, so like the the subtitles said cool ice instead of vanilla ice but i you like you could straight up hear dio in english say vanilla ice and yeah. you know how they like say there's, it like there's that there's a really egregious one in uh diamond is unbreakable that you'll see later like it's real fucking oh bad. it's so exciting <laughs> i'm so fucking excited for this um <laughs> Because I I was losing my mind. And I I, t- I was like, why is Vanilla Ice dressed like this? And my friend was like, you know why. Um, <laughs> you know why. Uh, yeah, I, I love Dio. And I, I kind of enjoyed some of those last episodes. Not all of them. I think you were right. I think you said at one point that it's like four episodes. Too yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a lot of filler right there at the end that I don't really understand because this, the animation came out years after the manga was finished. So the filler came from Araki, like I assume, um, or maybe they just wanted to break up the seriousness. I don't really know, but I finished that and I'm moving on to Diamond is Unbreakable. I might also at the same time read Steel Ball Run. Just because I want to. You'll be to, skipping two and, entire parts with that. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch a bunch of stuff, but Steel Ball Run is a remake of the part one mm. with different characters. That's what apparently it was supposed I, I mean, to be. They, basically, Araki yeah. wanted to recreate the relationship between Jonathan and uh, Will Zeppeli without with them being closer in age so they could be more like friends. But So it's not really like a remake of part one, but it is like... It has similar story beats. My friend, my friend basically told me that I could read it without really ruining anything. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's a horse race across the country. I mean, I'm gonna read it anyway. Listen, I just want to okay. read it. That's what's gonna happen. Okay. It's gonna happen. I mean, I can't stop um, you. I'm not the like, cops. You can't. You can't stop me, Kay. I'm very powerful right now with the power of JoJo. Um, but yeah, I'll probably read that one while also watching um the uh, other parts i'm probably gonna also after i've watched them all 
maybe go back and read my favorite one parts. Um, I will not be reading Stardust Crusaders, for example. That I'm done with. I don't think I'll ever go back to No one will be mad at you if you say that you don't like Vento Oreo. (laughs) If If you don't like Vento Oreo, which is part five. Everybody's like, yeah, we just need to get this one animated so we can move on to the good shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my, my friend... I heard that they were thinking about CGI horses for Steel God, Ball One, and it's burned into my mind. <laughs> I mean, animating horses would make me so fucking sad. I know, but can you imagine Drawing... like regular animation sitting on top of horrible Japanese anime style t- CG horses? Like, I want it. I want it so bad because no. I'll like lose my mind laughing. Um, yeah, I mean. I, there are certain characters I'm interested in part five, but like other than that, I'm I'll just I'll just p- listen. I'm I'll pick and choose what I want to experience with JoJo. I think if I learned a lesson with Stardust Crusaders, it's that sometimes JoJo is worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like there are moments that I really just love experiencing because I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And then there are other moments where I'm like, I could have lived without yeah. this. And then there's Dio, who's my whole heart and soul. Except for he fucking killed a cat, so I'm really angry about that. And he also um, killed lots a dog. Of animals, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, lots of animals died in uh, Stardust Crusaders, actually. The many dogs. Um, and, and a cat, and a bird. Araki knows lot, what makes people... Of, hate a villain yeah he's like what if they just murdered an animal well some of them just fucking die like for no goddamn reason they're like this dog is dead i'm just like okay thanks i didn't see this but okay um but yes finish stardust sack anime yeah i am free um sack anime uh I, I had a lot of stress this year, but I'll talk about that later. I will talk about the amazing people that I met, because I met a lot of cool people who came to my table and talked to me, um, and, like, said hello, took my business card, people who bought stuff, people who got very excited about my... I have a, I had a tip jar that was, if you put in a tip, you could take a fortune. They were these little... I had written fortunes by hand, and then fold them all into these little stars, um... And then you would unfold the fortune. And uh, people got excited about it. And I had a couple of people come up. And there were these two young people. These young humans came up. And they were doing it. And they got really excited and kept putting money in. And one of I was like, I hope like you don't get the bees one. And they were like, what? And I'm like, there's one fortune that just says bees. And I keep waiting for someone to get real angry when they get it. And the uh, one of the humans turned to the other one and said, I want bees. <laughs> and it says it out loud and then dumps the tip in, pulls out uh, um, one of the stars, unwraps it. And they're like, I got bees! <laughs> it started jumping up and down very excitedly. Um, they were They were so happy. I was really happy that uh, they got the bees that they wanted. And I'm so happy that bees went to somebody who appreciated it because I did it as a joke. And I was like, what if the person who gets bees does not appreciate that it just says bees and that I drew bees on it? Um, I would have laughed if I got something like that. (laughs) Bees. Uh, So I'm glad they liked it. A lot of people really liked the long Furby 
And I was like, yes, for dark internet rituals. <laughs> long Furby. And then people were like, man, I really want to make a long Furby. And I'm like, yes, do it. Do it. Make the long Furby. My eyes just start glowing. Long <laughs> Furby. Um, yeah, I have a, a lot of people. This one person, a, a lot of times people come up to your table and they kind of like look around and then they either leave or they get something, you know, and they think about it. Um, and and I'm fine with that. That's too, totally cool. But this one person was walking by and they stopped. They saw um, my Venom cat sticker and just like immediately <laughs> walked up and said, I want that sticker. And I thought they were joking or like just cash. And they pulled out their wallet. And I was like, oh, you, you want the sticker? <laughs> like it was so weirdly immediate, yeah. you know, like they didn't even Hi, can think I get about the Venom that sticker? purchase. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Noah's like, I want that sticker. Just shows up. Um and I'm like, oh my god, okay. Uh you were we're doing this. That was me making a lot of my sales. There I really appreciated some of the kids. This like one young kid came up and she bought my Captain Marvel print. She was so excited and I was just like, You make this worth it. Um and it was just, it was nice. We met some fun people. I love talking to cosplayers. I love talking to just people who come by. I love talking to other artists. Um, I, earlier that, I guess on Saturday, I saw a group of cosplayers who were cosplaying the Young Avengers, right? Um, a lot of them. They had Kate Wiccan, um... I want to say his name is just Speed, like, but he's Billy's brother, his his twin brother. Um, he has Quicksilver's power, but I think his name is just Speed. Um, and Kid Loki. Uh, and they walked by on Saturday, and I was like, oh, I really want a picture of them, but I'm not going to yell across the hall at them, right? Because I just don't do that. Um, that's not the kind of person I am. Well, on Sunday, one of them walked by, and they're like, oh, it's Loki. So they brought their friend who was dressed like Kid Loki over, because I, I have, like, comics Loki up there. Um, and they all got really excited. I was like, oh, yes! You came to my table. Can I take a picture of y'all? And um, they were like, oh, yeah. Like, I saw you guys go by yesterday, but I didn't want to yell at you from across the hall. And it was so cute because they were, like, all these kids dressed up as Young Avengers. And they all did the poses. It was so adorable. Um, So that was really cool. Then I saw this guy dressed as Spider-Man Noir when I was running to get to my table. Um in the morning and like he someone had stopped him to take a picture and I was like god I really I really want to take a picture of him for my other friend who is Spider-Man Noir is his favorite and he just fucking loved Nick Cage Spider-Man Noir in um into the into the Spider-Verse and so I was like man I really want a picture of him but like I I don't have time right this very second and so then I saw him walking by and I was like excuse me Mr. Noir (laughs) may I take a picture of you and he was like oh yeah and then he pulled a Rubik's Cube out of his (laughs) 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 to take a picture with it was super cute um my friend really loved the picture too so that kind of shit just like it's great right like you just have a great time you meet people and th- there was this one girl who was cosplaying Shrek, and it was super cute. <laughs> she had made this, like, super cute outfit, and I, and, like, I stared at it for a second, and I saw the ogre ears, I'm like, you're fucking Shrek, aren't you? And she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you're fucking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> like, adorable costume. Um, so, like, that was great. T- 
talking to people was great. Seeing everybody's art was great. Um, people traded with me too, because there are people who will trade and they put it up on the Facebook page and doing trades is awesome. It makes me feel the power of socialism. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It just, this just feels great. And, uh, I went up to this one artist who I really like, um, and I, I, I don't know, I followed her on Tumblr and then I followed her on Twitter and I knew that she was going to be there. And so I went to go buy a, uh, Nico sticker from her because I, I have, um, I, I actually have it in my phone case. I have a clear phone case, so I just like change out the stickers on the inside. Um, but I really wanted a DMC5 Nico sticker from her. So I brought, uh, I knew that she had like a bunch of the, um, other characters from DMC5. So I brought her, um, the Dante with the monster energy drink going cheers <laughs> to that sticker that I made. And I was just going to give it to her and buy the Nico sticker. She's like, no, we'll just do a trade. And I was like, Ugh. like that guy crying where he doesn't even really cry. He just like makes that sound that that was me on the, it end is of Wednesday. Time. My dudes. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically uh, it's really nice. And so I met a lot of nice people in, um, there was one, I, I was wearing my, my friend Asalia calls them my Miami Vice shirts, but like, you know, my button up shirts, I was wearing the one that has all the chains mm-hmm. on it that looks like Gucci, but it's not. Um, and, and like my nice sneakers and my Adidas track jacket. So I don't know. I definitely looked like I was going to be like, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wearing a gold chain around my neck too. Fake golds. Just like my fake Gucci. Um, and I, wa- I was walking by and I really like her art, but I just, I am so broke, my dudes. Um, so I was taking her business card and stuff and she's like, oh, your outfit's super, super cute. And I was like, thank you. I'm going for like somebody's rich mafioso sugar daddy and she was like oh i'm going for like cowboy but low key <laughs> and um <laughs> and i was like well you look great she's like you also look great we were just sitting there yelling at each other um so that was great there's a lot of red dead cosplayers because a lot of the people from red dead were there doing a signing uh i heard this was funny too i was in the bathroom and uh this girl from this couple that cosplay that I follow on Twitter came into the bathroom and I, I didn't say anything. I just went into the bathroom, but someone was like, oh, I really like your outfit. And I heard her say thank you. And she was talking. I was like, God, that's not what I imagined she sounded like. I don't know what I, you know, yeah. like when you like follow people online and you're like, oh, I don't really like, I don't imagine what they sound that's like because I don't think that hard about it. But then I was like, oh, that. That's not ex- all what I Same with when I they're like, something. they have like a, like a picture for their um, icon that's not them, you know? And so then you, they post a selfie and you're yeah. like, you're not Thomas the Tank Engine. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it was very much like that. It was bizarre. I, I just, I was like, oh, that was, that was weird. Um, but it, there were lots of great people there. And I think that was the best part of the weekend was definitely... I get very overwhelmed by lights and sounds, as people know, and I was super overwhelmed. And there was also, like, a movie theater behind us, and, like, where they were screening stuff, like, they had turned it into a movie theater, and it was so fucking loud. It felt like Godzilla was gonna break through the wall, like, that's how loud it was, on top of everybody walking by with speakers and stuff, and I was very overwhelmed. So if I seemed kind of spacey and you came up to me, I'm sorry, um, I was 
it's great meeting you. Even if you didn't buy anything, it was just great seeing people um, and in like seeing cosplayers and hearing everybody's funny stories um, and seeing everybody's fucking amazing art. Like it's just, I don't know. I'm just blown away by like, like the vendors hall is nice. But Artist Alley is where it's at, wink, wink. Like, <laughs> it's I, true. Like, yeah. And they, oh God, they, they, like, cons like to treat us like shit, but I'm just like, bitch, we, we are the con. Not to be like, me after one drink, Lord Palpatineing it. Like, I am the Senate. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't but, spend any money in the dealer's hall the last time I went to a con. I spent it all in the Artist Alley. So. <laughs> yeah, like, I do that too now. I'm just like, God, I just really want to buy stuff from other artists. Um, and I, I I couldn't really afford, so I was really glad to get the trades. Um, I did I did buy a K, a charm of Kermit with a gun. I'm so excited. So I will try to <laughs> I will try to see if that seller is selling them online if there's any left over and then reblog it or retweet it. Um, but there's just some great creative energy there. Um, and that was that was sack anime for three days. I, I got up at 6 a.m. and drove my ass, or 7 a.m., drove my ass hours and then drove home hours every day. That's the only other thing, too, is if I think I might have to do it in a hotel next time. Oh, plus side, usually I paid $30, parking, $30 for parking for three days, but this time I only paid $30 on the first day, then $12 on the next day, and then $0 on the third well, that's day. Nice. So that's really nice. So, mm-hmm. and that's all my pre-salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't have a whole lot of salt. The main thing is that I'm going to be in sandpaper hell shortly because it, it rained like a lot last week. So I couldn't really do this because pink insulation foam, I'm talking about my Artemis bow, pink insulation foam uh, mm. is very unhealthy to be breathing in. And so I didn't want it like in my apartment where my cat could inhale it. And so I to do that, I have to go sit on my porch. But it's been raining, so I couldn't do do it on my porch last week. So now that the weather is heating up and drying out again, it's time for sandpaper hell. <laughs> I have to do so much sanding and dremeling and bullshit so that I can get this to a workable state and then cover it in warbler and just coat that bitch in um, probably gesso. And wood filler. I don't know. It's been a long time since I used Is it really hot for you? Because it's 103 today. It's not I'm... that hot, but it's getting there. No. It's getting there. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's going to be in the coming. 80s all week. So. It's going to get that hot, just not that's yet. A, that's a better temperature for sanding yes, outside. It's than tolerable. Like, yeah. <laughs> hot, but tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> um, At least in the summer when you start spray painting things. It's going it to dry like five seconds. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's always fun when you put on like a ventilator mask, and then when you take it off after after sitting out in the sun and sanding for an hour, and you just got like your mouth is just coated in sweat, and there's red lines on your face where the mask was. It's a real cute look. TM. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. 
I love when my neighbors across the way watch me do that shit. Yeah, too. I love it when I sit out on my porch on my second floor apartment in view of all of my neighbors walking by in the middle of the day, seeing me squatting like a fucking goblin on my porch, <laughs> standing a very oddly shaped pink thing. I'm so stoked for that. Cosplay is a fun hobby, and it doesn't make you look like yeah, a weirdo at all. Yeah, start doing it. <laughs> Um, and then the only other thing I had to talk about really was, um, my continued meatless adventures. I talked about the Beyond Burger stuff before. Um, I was at Red Robin the other day and they had a little placard that was like, we have the Impossible Burger now. And my friends are all looking at it. And, um, one of them is like, oh, is that the vegan burger? And I was like, yeah. And then I looked at it more closely. I was like, unless you put fucking cheese on it, like in this picture. (laughs) <laughs> um but i ordered it to be the be the one to t- take one for the team and try the impossible burger um and i got like so red robin basically they're like just order any of our burgers and sub in the impossible burger for the meat patty and then i asked for mine with no cheese and no mayonnaise but i got the one with the pineapple on it and i'm really glad i did because there was something that was fucking good about that burger <laughs> They, they, they set it down in front of me, and I smelled the burger, and it smelled like the Beyond Burger, which, as you might remember from the few episodes when I talked about that, smells like a car tire fire. And I was like, great, I guess that's just a thing with these fake meat burgers. And um, I know you don't eat beef, but like, yeah, it... Reminded me of when I get a burger, but it's made out of, like, really low-quality beef, and there's lots of, like, gristle in it. That's the texture that it had. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, so it... I, I did eat beef <laughs> once upon a time, so I can recall. Yeah, so it's like, oh, so, I mean, true to advertising, it has a beef-like texture, but it has, like, a shitty beef-like texture. <laughs> and it And it kind of tastes a little bit like it smells in a plain burger state. I'm sure if it was coated in sauce or something, it wouldn't be so bad, but I was just like, ugh. And so, like, I ate half the burger and then the pineapple, and, like, goddamn, Red Robin has good fries, and thank God for that, because I was able to eat some, but, like, I just... You can also get bottomless fries at Red Robin. Not that I'm suggesting that anybody do that. They are good, though. But also. (laughs) And here in Utah, they do fry sauce, and their fry sauce is really good. So... Oh my god, that's hilarious, because they don't do fry sauce anywhere, but you know Utah and their fry sauce. Utah and their fry sauce. For those of you who are sitting at home scratching your heads, wondering what the fuck I'm fucking talking about, um, fry sauce is literally just ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together in equal amounts. Um, It's good, though. (laughs) But, um, and yes, I do realize that mayonnaise is not vegan, and I kind of ruined my little vegan experiment with eating the fry sauce, but sometimes you have to make concessions to act like a normal person in public. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I like fry sauce. It's also fry sauce. <laughs> um, and I'm not vegan, so it's okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I just wish, honestly, I kind of just wish that most restaurants would stop with the fake meat burgers and pick up on black bean burgers, because black bean burgers are good. And they're, like, seasoned, and they actually have flavor, and they don't have a gross texture. So. I mean, I don't know. Like, when I used to eat Boca Burgers, back when Jesse was a complete Boca, vegetarian. Boca Burgers are a different story. Yeah. They were just, they're not 100% a burger, but I also didn't care, because, like, I don't think I really like red meat. So, like, 
it was more like a substitute for the feeling, the atmosphere of a burger, but it didn't taste bad. Yeah. So. I mean, Red Robin also has a veggie burger that I've tried, but it's like, it's made out of like brown rice and veggies. And so it's just, it's just not very filling is the problem. I need, I need some mm, protein yeah. in my diet. So that's where the black that's beans fair. come in. Beans. beans. That good beanie flavor. That good flavor. beanie flavor. <laughs> Someday, someday we will ref- we will explain the beanie flavor thing, but that day is not today. Not today's not today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't have a whole lot. I guess I can talk about this wacky run of Orphan Monastery I had. I don't know if I told you about this. I might have. Yeah, I did with the 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 paladin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't tell oh, it on yeah. the podcast. So this was during my, like, last run of the Orban Monastery. Um, I We clear Mustadio without really any issue, as is usual for that boss. And um, then all of a sudden, the, this paladin from a different alliance says in the alliance chat so that everybody can see it, um, don't worry, my back's strong enough to carry the entire raid. And then one of his healers instantly quits. And so I'm like, uh, what's going on behind the scenes over in Alliance B or whatever it was? And I'm just like, uh, and everybody, everybody in my party is just like, oh my fucking God, this fucking guy. <laughs> like, cause with the line, yeah. with the Alliance raids, there's the Alliance chat. So all 24 people can see it. And then your party chat, which is just your party. And he wasn't our tank. So we could talk as much shit about him as we wanted. Um, yeah. And so, we go into Agrius. Um, his healer is instantly replaced by the most annoying person on the planet. Um, oh, right. <laughs> they, were, they were in the Yell chat channel, which is weird. Instead of the Alliance, it was the it was the Yell chat channel specifically, so everyone can see it. And they had these really annoying, like ubu, please no bully macros for everything for raises which they were doing a lot of because that alliance was a hot fucking mess um for taking aggro for everything and i'm just like i'm gonna just roundhouse kick this bitch into the sun in a minute (laughs) so we get into agrius and the cocky paladin as everybody came to call him uh would not stop fighting for aggro and this and so all of a sudden we all like Agrius turns around and we all just fucking die and I'm like what happened and there so one of the other alliance members was like the cocky paladin won't stop fighting for aggro and I'm like just just let him take it if he's that confident and they're like yeah. that's the plan and so we go in and we, everybody lets cocky paladin main tank and he immediately eats a tank buster and just dies <laughs> And they left him on the ground for a while. (laughs) And, like, I think eventually somebody from a different alliance took pity on him and raised him. Or maybe the new healer with the annoying raise macros did. But um, he eventually gets picked up and uh, is much more contrite. Imagine if you had annoyed the healer with the annoying raise macros. Like, that's an event. That's an event, for sure. Like, they just showed up, too. But, um... After after eating a tank buster and being left on the floor for a minute or two, he was a little bit more contrite and uh, more of a team player. So, Ridiculous. aside from the obnoxious healer, 
the rest of the raid kind of went fine. I just, like, I needed a story to tell to pad out my runtime. But also, um, that was wild. Oh, woo. And I was like, thank God I don't have to run this again unless it comes up on the roulette. But um, it's not coming up that often because of the Moogle Tombstone event. People are running the um, level 50 alliance raids a lot to uh, farm them for those tombstones. So I've been getting those most of the time. They're pretty quick clear. So not too bad. But I'm, I'm free of the level 70 raids for a little while, hopefully. <laughs> and that's my salt. So I'm going to just quickly Jojo again. Jojo. I was like, what the fuck? God, there was that joke, uh, that that meme going around is like when you die in JoJo, and then it's that picture from that show with the like animals and the people just in the sky, and I just like I sort of got it, but I was just like, not. Nah, I didn't truly get it until Abdal died a second time. Oh, that's right, Abdal dies twice. I wanted to make like a, I didn't have time. God, I haven't even had time to do laundry. I have so much laundry I have to do now, but like. I really wanted to make a meme that was like Sekiro Avdol dies twice. Um, because <laughs> I thought that, like, I knew he wasn't dead, but I had already grieved, and then he came back, and I was like, yeah, I saw you in the thumbnail for the later episodes. That was great planning on Crunchyroll's part. But, like, um, like, he dies again in such, like, a random fucking way, too. Like, of course, Vanilla Ice, who's the Vor... I almost called him the Vor boss. But, like, he is... Like, his his power, which is fucking cream. Um, his stand, cream, is just Vor. And, like... Also... Also, I did laugh, though, when he, he they do that whole thing with Dio, and, like, Dio's like, we proved that you would die for me, and Vanilla Ice just has his own head cut off and bleeds into this thing, and Dio's like, you didn't have to do that for me, and then raises him with his vampire powers and is like, go, be free, and then fucking... <laughs> Get, fucking vanilla ice gets inside of his stand and then it turns into a ball and yeets itself through dio's door like doesn't open the door it just breaks through and it leaves this giant hole in his wall and it's just so funny that dio of all characters is like in this very like kind of quiet voice is like if you were gonna leave you you could have just walked out the door like he <laughs> Like, he says this, and I think it's because up until that point, Dio's character has played very, pardon pardon the pun here, but he's played very straight, um, and so, like, him saying that to me is really fucking hilarious at that point. Uh, also, were any of you gonna tell me Dio was by slash pan, or did I have to find that out myself from a shit post at 12 a.m.? I thought you knew. No! Um... <laughs> Like, I guess I just oh. assume that everybody knows that. Sorry. No, I didn't. No, I. It's just I'm not actually blaming anybody, but I was just like, excuse me, what? Um, queer coded villains again, except it's Dio, and I love him, so I guess it's okay. Just I still pour I me some of that gay shit. Yeah, pour me some of that gay shit. Pour me some of that blood out of that wine bottle he's drinking it out of. Um. I, I want to clarify that I, by saying that I love Dio, does not mean that I think Dio's a good person or that I think he makes good decisions. She would he think doesn't. that maybe Jesse doesn't have to clarify that in the year of our Lord 2019, but someone right. out there is a dumbass and will take everything yeah. literally. <laughs> They'll be like, Jesse just fucking loves Dio. And I'm like, no, 
I just love him as a character, but he's a bad person. These are separate things. Um, I just love that that extra ass bitch has gold fucking shoes. Like, what the hell? And also, I spent a whole part of the time going, why isn't he wearing a shirt for this? And then my friend was like, Because you can't fight crime if you ain't cute. (laughs) And then then when he put his clothes back on, and then, like, his jacket comes off, and you realize that the black, like, turtleneck thing he wears underneath doesn't, A, doesn't have sleeves, and B, is backless. Like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) That's the Final Fantasy thought top. That truly is a Final Fantasy thought top. The virgin killer turtleneck. That's what Dio's wearing. Um, Whew! So, that's a thing. Uh, but yes, the, um, we were, t- that, the whole, um, Vor thing, but, uh, getting to Abdal, and then the random thing where Abdal sticks his hand on that wall, and then he, like, moves it, and it's like, after you read this, and he's like, what? And then he moves the rest of his head, and he's like, you'll die, and then immediately <laughs> dies! No! No fighting, no fuss, just his arms are on the floor, and I love how Polnaroff, like, that thing about how them lying to him about, like, uh, Polnareff, Polnareff, give yeah. me, God, help me, um, they did that whole lying thing to him about, um, like, how he, how Abdul died, and then, like, it was a, it was a joke then, but that joke finally came around when, fucking abdul just dies and he's like he's not actually dead no he is he's dead dead he's deader than dead his arms are over there uh god yeah that whole part was just wild um that fight went on for too long i fucking hate iggy so much i know people are like jesse why how could you hate a puppy because i hate it i hate the weird thing i hate that it has a human face I hate that he has a human face. I hate that he gets on people's faces and then farts. <laughs> I hate that, like, they have a whole episode where he fights that, um, Pet bird. Shop. Pet shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Um, that whole fight where he fights Pet Shop and, like, for some reason now we're getting the internal monologue of the dog. Like, yeah, I the- don't care for Iggy. <laughs> I don't care for Iggy. I hate Iggy. And when he died, I was like, goodbye, bitch. Um... And I, and then, then that part where Abdal's soul and Iggy's soul come out and go into the sky. (laughs) And I was laughing so hard, tears were coming out of my eyes. Because I'm just like, what the fuck, who made them think this was a good plan? And then the end part where they have fucking, after this fight that just went on for way too long in my opinion with Dio um where they all acquire like seven new powers at once I'm like they can fucking fly like when did this happen and also I guess Jojo can stop time too and like what's going on and then they have Joseph die and I was like okay well he's already old so you know what can you do um and they have that whole moment where like he fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi ghost talks to uh, J- Jotaru. And, like, I was like, and then his spirit disappears. I'm like, I guess he's gone. And then later, like, Jotaru's like, let's take the blood that Dio took from D- Joseph and put it back into Joseph. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he 
does it. And I thought Dio would come back to life through Joseph because he, like, has that whole, like, Joseph decides that this is the time after several people have died and it's been an awful night, including several people, including Kakyoin, who I know it's hard to remember because these people are all super buff, but is a high school student. Like, that is a child. He even <laughs> thinks about his parents before he dies. And he's like, I wonder if they know where I am. And I'm like... Oh my god. Um, it, Joseph decides now is the time to pretend that Dio's soul is inside of his body and, like, waits until Jotaru is about to fucking murder him to be like, I'm just fucking joking. And then, like, makes he's always, Joseph answer all these questions. He's always had such great comedic timing. <laughs> I'm like, I hate this. I hate the whole thing. And then fucking we get to Diamond is Unbreakable. He's like, actually, he also cheated on Susie Q. And I'm just like... Oh, and the dead definitely can't come back to life. I just... Uh, Fuck you, Jotaro. <laughs> yeah, like, I hate this. I hate this whole thing. I hate it so much. Um, yeah, so that whole bit was just a lot, and none of it was necessary. And I I didn't really feel emotions. I was sad that I wouldn't get to see Dio be thoughty anymore, but, like, that was about it. Like, that was my only human emotion during that part. Everything else was like, God, this is taking so long. And, like, it, that's that's it. Like, for a man who can stop time, you sure are wasting mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, woof. And uh, so that that was just... I hated the weird video game part, too, with, uh, with what's-his-name's brother? The Doobie Brothers... The Doobie Brothers. The Darby Brothers. Okay, um, yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't remember what you're talking about. And then then you said yeah. Darby, and I'm like, all oh, right, right, right. Yeah, my... I, <laughs> okay, another funny thing is that they made up these weird names for the subtitles for Oingo Boingo, but, like, mm-hmm. everybody still said Oingo Boingo, and, like, it's weird enough of a word that, like, it's clearly Oingo Boingo. Yeah, it, like, and it I, only gets worse from here. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm I'm so ready. This is what I'm happy for. Um, so, yeah, I'm ready for this next part because fucking I wanted to fist fight Stardust Crusaders in the parking lot. And then sack anime again. I, I, have, I have therapy tomorrow, and I'm definitely going to use part of it to talk about what happened at sack anime. But... A lot of stuff happened that was interpersonal issues with timing and people and stressful stuff and people who were staying with me and that I didn't know were staying with me. And I have a hard time balancing, like, myself in places that are loud. So I'm already, like, super overwhelmed. And then other stuff that happened, like, made me also very overwhelmed. But the, uh, the other stuff that happened was... So usually SAC anime is... Last week of August, first week of September, into the first week of September, um, like Labor Day weekend. But yeah, I want to say that it was me that was like, "Oh yeah, I saw it was in June earlier this this year," and you were like, Ex- "Fucking excuse me." <laughs> yeah. So I didn't even know that that was happening. Thank God for Kay. Um, back at it again at Krispy Kreme. But so I looked, and yeah, of course it it was this this weekend that. Um, but, like, it's very close to when Fanime was, and Fanime is in San Jose, and the distance between San Jose and Sacramento was not that great. Like, it's great enough, but not, like, so great that people wouldn't just be up here, you know? 
Um, but it was a good enough difference that people who had flown up for Fanime probably weren't going to stay for SAC Anime. So we had low attendance. And then the people who did attend, like, didn't really have money because they had just blown it all the week before at Fanime. So everybody in the... Like, at first I thought it was just me. And I was like, wow, I'm doing really bad this year. Like, really bad. And um, then on in the like, at Artist Alley Facebook group, every single person was like, God, this year is just terrible. Like, people are just standing next to our tables and not buying anything. And someone was like, yeah, the people are walking by also don't really have stuff in their hands. And so I decided to pay attention to that on the last day, and I realized, yeah, nobody has anything in their hands. Um, so people also weren't, like, buying stuff from other tables. They just weren't buying stuff. So I didn't even really break even. Um which is hard for me because I don't have a lot of money. And I, I never go into this thinking I'm going to make a lot of money. That's not really the point, I guess. But breaking even is kind of important to me. So now I'm out a lot of money, um, I'm, which is why I'm going to open my online store, which is a pain in the butt for me because shipping is a hard thing to calculate and stuff. But, like, I definitely am going to open up my online store and also um, probably open up commissions again. But, yeah, this, it was, I don't know, it was hard. Um, I did, oh, fuck, I forgot to talk about my pre-salt that I did just get recently get a new job. So, woo uh, woohoo! So, at least, like, I had that sitting in my mind. It's like, okay, you lost this money, but, like, you know, you also have a job, so, like, you shouldn't beat yourself up too much. And I, I think I did really well in not buying anything. I brought my own food. I ate my own food from home didn't go out partying I would just go straight home but I had to spend money on gas because I drive and it was like I said it's a long distance I think overall it might just be cheaper to stay in a hotel room as I said before but I need more people to do that um but yeah it was a very hard sack anime because I lost I think I just lost a lot of money um but I shouldn't like focus on that um and and like I said there was some stressful stuff there's also a kid who like stole a bunch of stuff in the security yeah didn't really like yeah that was weird didn't really do anything about that but they sure like to kick out people who were helping us pack up um <laughs> but yeah it was a it was a wild time i also i can't tell i've had this rash on my torso for like days now and i'm like is this a stress rash or am i just dying uh i didn't feel good on the last day i was just like shaking right like it's the last day i'd been so stressed out and i was shaking and i was leaving my body and i turned to my friend and i was like if i don't eat something right now i'll die <laughs> like i so of course i ended up where where you always end up after a con denny's denny's yeah <laughs> so it's funny because um pride was also happening uh sacramento pride was happening at the same time like a block down from the convention center on Sunday. So I was just like, I'm not eating around here. So my friend and I got on the freeway and then drove a bit down to um, uh, to Denny's. And we show up at this Denny's. And there were definitely other people from Fr Pride there, which was kind of funny. Uh, or people from Pride there, just like a couple. But like, um, I was like, I don't... I feel like people should know that I have a really weird uncomfortable relationship with food and now like 
I take care of myself by counting calories, so I need to eat, like, a certain amount during a day. I can only eat that amount, but it also ensures that I eat that amount, if that makes sense. Um, so usually I don't eat things like pancakes. However... Sometimes like, you just have to have a cheat day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I tried to do the best. I still only got egg whites, and I, I don't eat normal bacon anyway, so I got turkey bacon. So I got two egg whites, turkey bacon, and uh, the, like, hearty wheat pancakes, which are lower in calories. And I just, but I, I still went over it for a day. But, like, I was, like, feeling miserable, and then I ate that, and I inhaled it. Like, the turkey bacon and the eggs were gone immediately. Like, I, I think, I don't even know that I chewed that much, to be <laughs> honest with you. I have no memory. I also drank a shit ton of water, too. You know I'm bad when, like, instead of ordering Diet Coke, I'm like, can I please have a water? And then I drink two glasses of water and part of my friend's glass of water. Um, and, like, I inhaled my pancakes. I left, because you only get two, but, like, the hearty wheat ones are very hearty um and I I, (laughs) imagine and I and somewhere in the back of my mind was like Jesse if you eat the rest of this pancake you will explode like you feel fine now but you will not be fine later um that was very smart of Jesse because I passed it to my friend and after my food had time to digest I was like super full yeah yeah so it was very smart that Jesse in the moment was like if you eat that last bit of that last half of a pancake, you will be sad. So I gave it to my friend, but I ate everything else, and I ate it with the gusto, and I was got back into my car, and I felt like a new person. Like, I had shucked off an old shell, and there was a new shiny Jesse underneath, and that new shiny Jesse had been fueled by pancakes. <laughs> I, I was like, God, Denny's food isn't even that great, but, like, it was great. Sometimes oh, it's just so, what you need. Yeah. I, I remember having a kind of conversation in uh, Red Robin with my friends where one of them was like, I ran 30 minutes extra on the treadmill or whatever, worked out for an hour extra or whatever, something like that, to be able to eat here. And I was like, I just accepted that I was going to blow my calories for the day and I'm just I'm just going to live with my life choices and get back on the wagon tomorrow. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, you know what, like- that's fair. That's it. That's what I did. And like, usually I have a really bad relationship with food. And I was like, I'm not gonna let myself guilt trip myself for this. Because a, I just did three days of selling at a convention. And you probably weren't eating well while you were there. So oh, I absolutely wasn't like I because I brought snacks. So I really wasn't eating. Like I was eating. But like, yeah, I had a turkey wrap that I made at like, three o'clock. And then like, some apple slices. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? like not enough yeah so um i i was like god you know i wonder how much of my crankiness was just that i really needed food um but i yeah it was a very overwhelming con this year just because a lot of stuff um connected at once but i i mean like i don't feel any less thankful for everybody who showed up and i also had great stuff happen so that's okay but i am still I'm a little bit salty. There's nothing that they could do. They had to move the con forward because they're renovating the convention center um, through the time that the convention is usually happening. Um, yeah, it kind of sounded like the it. options were have the con early or don't have the con this year at all. Yeah. So, oh well. Um, AX is next for people. Um, there, okay, there thank couple- you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to AX. Also, like tabling at ax is very expensive That's and it's also 
intense from what I've heard. Oh yeah, I definitely need like sound canceling headphones and a thing that says hit this buzzer when you want something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like ring the old hunter bell if you yeah. would like to buy something. <laughs> you talking about this has made me wonder. There was a there's a con in Utah damn near every weekend of June. And so I just kind of wonder how those cons are doing, you know, <laughs> like there's because yeah. there was PopCon, which is a, a very small one day convention in Utah County um, mm-hmm. on the second. And then this past weekend was Ogden Uncon, which is also in its first year. Um, and I didn't go to that. So I don't know how it went. But the the impression I got was not great. And then um, there's something else coming up that I don't remember. And then at the end of the month is Salt Lake Gaming Con, which is probably going to be pretty big. Um, I would imagine a lot of people were like, well, I'm not going to go to these other cons because I want to go to Gaming Con. The Renaissance Fair is starting up soon. Like, It's weird. Utah refuses to chill. (laughs) The timing, I mean, like, summer happens. And then there's also, so usually because it's at... um, on Labor Day weekend, there's usually, like, less kids there because of just, like, kids are in school and stuff or their school just started. Um, yeah. However, there were a lot of children there. There were some children I thought, perhaps you should have left this child with oh, the babysitter. Salt Con, which is a tabletop convention, is this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there is another smallish convention coming up on the 20th that is going to cover that weekend. So there's a weekend every fucking, there's a convention every fucking Jesus weekend in Christ. June this, this year, which is too much. It's way too much. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, like, and like I said, with the kids, like this one kid came by and stole a bunch of like, not safe for work. It was 18 plus stuff that they stole. Too. It sounds like it wasn't just um, that either. He stole some buttons and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, and, like, now my fight-or-flight response was triggered every time a small child came to my table. Um, yeah, I sent, I I sent that kid to Jesse, and I'm like, you probably already saw this, but just in case you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was that was intense. Some artists that I follow um, were tweeting about it. And, and like, it's just a weird con. To, I want to say that, like... I mean, there are animes for children, but most of the anime that convention goers are watching is not necessarily child appropriate and like there were like daikumas of like i think that's what they're called right the like body pillows of like daki uh hold on (laughs) i'm a little scared to google anime body pillow but here we are daki makara Daki Makara. Okay. There were um, a lot of them there. And there were ones of, like, My Little Pony characters. I hate those. Lewd. I hate them so much. There was this one guy. You know how there's a weapons vendor at every con? Um, this guy was selling weapons and also waifu body pillows. Like, I I was like, this. he's got you covered. Like, what more do you want but a wife and a sword? Um... <laughs> I don't know why. I've never seen that combo before. Um, and then, you know, there's a bunch of lewd body pillows. There's And some of them are of characters where I'm like, hey, that character's 14 years old. Can you not? Um, but the point being is that, like, you know what kind of convention this is. Yeah. I don't know that it's the kind that you, like, 
bring your small child to. I also watched a couple, this was funny, but not funny, like leave their child in the middle of this aisle because they both went to look at stuff and didn't communicate with each other. And then when they came back, they got in a fight because the wife is like, how could you leave our son in the middle of the aisle? And like in a, like, it was like a baby, like a small <laughs> baby. And the dad was like, I went to go look at something. You shouldn't have left. And she's like, what? I can't look at stuff. They were having a whole domestic in front of my table. And I was just like, can you move you? this like 20 yards down away yeah, from my like, bullshit please. i can see your whole ass out right now like i just yeah i don't know how i feel about people with very small children at um anime conventions i don't know that it's the I definitely it's some the of them like it and i mean as far as babies go like if you don't bring your baby places you never go out so like yeah. i get that but um Definitely, there. I've seen kids at conventions that like obviously didn't want to be there, and I'm just like, "Eh." it's also that kids come up to our table and pull stuff off the table because their parents aren't paying attention. Yeah, you got to pay attention Um, to your kid if you're going to bring them somewhere. Yeah, and like they they're like messing with the displays. They're like, I I just I don't know. It's just kind of like, please, please. Um, And yeah, like a lot of kids who just didn't want to fucking be. Um, I, I don't know. I, or like, I guess like bring them through the vendor hall, but perhaps not the artist alley. Um, a lot, I want to say though, that the vendor hall had a lot of lewd stuff without stickers and stuff over it. But the, however, the artist alley where the mature people are, I'm just joking. I'm sorry, vendor hall, but, um, had like this, um, this one human was selling, uh, lewd art of characters and they had put um, sensors over the all of the lewd bits and said, if you want to see this, you have to show me your ID. Um, so there's a lot of responsibility happening. In yeah, weird how the art alley. alley is better than that than, at the, that than the official vendor's hall. <laughs> yeah, I walk by, I'm walking through the vendor's hall and I just see, like, Mommy from, um, f- from Madoka with her titties out. And I'm like, she is 14! Um, at, uh, AL- at ALA, they had, like segmented off booths for the porn that were all yeah, curtained ha- in. I was kind of sad because the the <laughs> illicit yaoi porn tent wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's a tradition. That's a... Like, I remember when I was finally old enough to go into the hentai booth, you know, and, like, I didn't even want anything. I just wanted to show them my ID and let them let me in, you know? Yeah, that's kind you of know, what happened the- with my friends and I. We were just like, oh, I want to see, like, I know what's back there, but I want to see what's back there. And yeah. so we showed our IDs, we went in, and we're like, yep, this is cosplay porn, and then we just walked out. <laughs> yeah, for, for like, a lot of the hentai booth stuff, too, there was just, like, there's, like, just hentai everywhere, and hentai, like, pictures from the hentai and like manga some of it for sure at ala was like spot the lesbian in the group because it's like a bunch of dudes and all my friends are like yeah and i'm just like no thanks (laughs) no thanks (laughs) yeah it was funny because at one time the one at anime expo because anime expo is like the king of convention anime conventions on the west coast um they they had like fake titties and shit inside their booth. <laughs> yeah, and you I, told me about the fake titties. Yeah. It was fucking wild. And I was I grabbed them. I'm like, but I want to buy the titties. Like <laughs> Like you can't have you can't have titties. 
<laughs> I'm like, but they're for medicinal purposes. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. They also so gave us tissues. These are my emotional support fake titties. These are my emotional support fake titties. <laughs> they, they also gave us tissues as we left, too. Like, that was our gross. gift. It was so gross, but I loved it. Um, yeah, anime conventions are wild. Uh, the vendors halls at small ones, like SAC, um, and even, like, Fanime, usually just have, like, third-party vendors. But Anime Expo will have, like, Crunchyroll is there. Or, um, uh, SAC like, Anime have, like, Arda wigs and epic cosplay and stuff. Yeah. But, like, um, Funimation is usually there. Aniplex... Um, Studio Trigger has been there before, I think. Like, the studios are there. It's a little bit like the San Diego Comic Con of anime conventions. Yeah. And then, like, like, Figma has, like, a whole display and blah, blah, blah. Um, and Pocky was there when I went. And then there was this whole thing where, like, you had these big inflatable Pockies. And if you could, like, thrust one, (laughs) like yeet it in it and get it to land inside of the giant pocky container which was kind of hard to do because you had to like throw it and then you know what how a pocky container is shaped and then it had to like fall into it yeah you had to Um, throw it like a fucking javelin yeah so fun fact i didn't want to do it i thought it was stupid to wait in line for it because my friend and i went around and got all the free stuff we could possibly get but finally, she did it twice and failed. And she was like, I'm making you do this with me. So I was waited in line and I get in there and I and she fails again in front of me. And so then I go and I yeet it once and it goes directly in and I get my free inflatable Pocky. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even want to do it. And she's like, can I have it? I was like, no, I, I did this. <laughs> so she eventually won one. But I was just like, no, this is mine. Like, you, you do it. Um. It, but yeah, Sack Anime is not like that. It's just like you know, third party vendors. People, the, the okay, I guess like the in retrospect, the vendors will haggle sometimes. I don't ever haggle with the vendors because I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. Um. But there was one girl at the table who got a <coughs> JoJo figurine for a very good price because she haggled with him for like I don't even. She was gone for so long, and she knew exactly what she wanted. So I know she spent that time. Just haggling with that guy, right? Um, but someone came into the artist alley and started to try and haggle with the person to the right of me. And, like, bad was form. asking for... It's so bad. It's so bad form. And he started asking, basically, for a $20 print for $12. And I'm just like... he What he, what he wanted them to do was, like, get to 15 essentially. And I'm like, you don't understand how much of an expense this is for the individual person. Like... We're not a huge corporation. We're just one person. And that's why it's so frustrating. People who steal from artists in Artist Alley and people who try to haggle with them, like, are fucking garbage. Like, just don't. What? That's like see- seeing someone panhandling for money to just try and fucking feed themselves and then going in and scooping up all their money and putting it in your pocket. Like, it's not good. Um... Oh, and before I'm done with Sack Anime, I have to talk about the guy. The guy I sort of mentioned on mm. um, Twitter. But, like, on Saturday, I'm sitting there, and this man comes up to my booth, right? And he's like, he's like, your art 
kind of looks like these 1940s, like, painters and starts going off. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of inspired by that, like, pinup stuff. Um, and then he continues to explain, mansplain my art to me. And then um, he starts telling me, so then he asked me, like, uh, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, uh, like, just drawing or, like, conventioning. And he's like, conventioning. And I explained to him and he's like, and do you make a lot of money doing this? And I was like, that's a rude ass question to ask somebody. But I was just like, no. And he was, he like, I would like to mention that he was like baby boomer age, like gray to white hair, um, like in a button up, like, I don't know, very, very the kind of person who, if they did this to me at my other places of employment, I'd just be like, ugh. But it's almost better there because at least I'm getting paid by somebody. But yeah. I'm not really... Yeah, like, I paid to be in this spot at the convention center, and yet I still have to pretend to give a shit about this guy. And he then compares me to a man who's in the artist alley and starts telling me about how this man makes $100 in a minute doing flash sale things, blah, 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 blah. And I need to talk to him how to become a better artist and, like, a better, like, seller and then, like, explains all this to me, and I just kind of nodding and astral projecting, and then walks away without buying anything. And like I said, like, I usually don't care if people don't buy anything and they talk to me, because usually we're talking about memes and shit, right? Or, like, convention experiences. This guy was telling me how to do my job and comparing me to men and, like, mansplaining my life to me, and it was just like, you can at least pay me if you're gonna tell me how to live my life. Like, <laughs> I was just, I was just so grouchy about it like there there was I mean there's other times where like I one time my friend got up during this weekend to go get a signing immediately as soon as she leaves this man comes up to me and will not leave my booth and like he's not buying anything he's just this isn't the same guy as another guy he's just being creepy and I'm like please don't do this to artists we cannot leave we are alone I mean that's why they do it but like it's gross and creepy and no one ever is gonna go out with you if you do this to people um like, it, it's just, there's just a lot of stuff about cons like that that's just like, wow, this sure is, this sure is 2019 and we're still putting up with this shit, isn't it? Um, but yeah, as I said before, I also had a great time with people, with human beings. So, and like I said, it's, it's cool if you don't buy anything, if we're just talking about shit posts, but if you tell me how to live my life and do my job, you better pay me for it. Um, fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. Um, and that's, that's my salt. All right, well, let's move into the imported salt then. Uh, the first comes from We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast at We're Not Wizards. I only want to say that sign-offs at the end of episodes are my favorite thing, and y'all need to keep doing them. <laughs> we'll fucking try. Also, all of the games in the world to give me an emotional... Oh, okay, sorry. Let me start over. Also, of all the games in all the world to give me an emotional wobble, it's Tetris Effect that has me shedding real tears of wetness over a puzzle game set to music. What the actual fuck? Also, so glad Jesse has been playing tabletop games. My little cup of joy overfloweth when I he- heard that. Stay safe, roll sixes, and you rock. Aww. <laughs> I'm interested in knowing cute. what it was about Tetris Effect that made you shed real tears of wetness. <laughs> was it just, like, a beautiful experience? Or, like, it could be anything, but I'm curious. <laughs> Tetris Effect stresses me out. But that's because any game like that Tetris stresses me out. I'm like, suddenly, I am aggressively stressed. Um, <laughs> yo... 
uh, yo Adrian at Rainer Leet. Ever since you told me it's Leet, I have not known peace since that day. <laughs> Snakes have manifested in my house physically. Um, but at Rainer Leet says, uh, the only salt that I have is with myself because I bought I. I bought the complete edition of Final Fantasy XIV non-Shadowbringers, and I really want to play it, but ever since I, um, but ever since I quit League of Legends, I've had this anxiety about playing multiplayer games that heavily require teamwork. And if I screw up, it could mean rough roads ahead of, um, of the match or raid. I don't know. Also, I'm actually excited for the new Death Stranding. You can tell Kojima had the time of his life making this and still has some of that look at the bigger picture charm to it. Like what most of the Metal Gear Solid games had forgot to mention the cottonwood seeds are everywhere. It's raining cottonwood seeds. here. Cottonwood seeds are the worst. Oh my God. They're the fucking it's stuck worst. to oh everything. God. They're the worst. I love that. <laughs> I love this pure, unadulterated anger that saying cottonwood seeds brought out in both of us. <laughs> like, how dare! I, um, I I know I talk a lot about bad dungeon runs and running into bad players, but like the the Final Fantasy fourteen community, I wouldn't necessarily say. I mean, it, it is friendly, but as far as dungeons go, they tend to default to just silence. Um, yeah, most people don't even say hello. They don't. Yeah, they don't say anything. Um, so if you're worried about people yelling at you. Chat it's not likely to happen. Um, and also, even if you have a bad time, as long as you clear the content, everybody's going to be like, all right, I mean, we made it out, so yeah. fuck, whatever. Lick it, stick it, see you later, bye. Just, y'all ugly! Poof. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, The only time I've ever been really stressed out was that time I got lost in Sestasha when I was a really, really small baby. Yeah, but they weren't um, mean to you about it. If I remember no, correctly. No, they're just like, where the fuck is our tank? Uh, but other than that, like, mostly people are just, like, weirdly passive-aggressive or whatever. Or they're completely silent. Or they're hilarious in the chat. Yeah, so... a lot of times, even if I have really bad dungeon runs, I don't really say anything to the person that's causing it. <laughs> so it's like, because, like, what can I really say? It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily their fault unless they're intentionally griefing most of the time. So it's like... Well, we'll get through yeah. it eventually. <laughs> eventually we'll figure this out. Yeah, so, I mean, like, don't be afraid. It's even a better experience than some of, like, the the passive-aggressive bullshit I dealt with with um, Overwatch. So, it's not terrible. And then I guess we didn't talk about... Did we talk about Death Stranding? I think we talked about Miss Mickelson. Yeah, we talked about it last really week a little bit. Yeah. Um, it It looks interesting. I they did talk a little bit on the website they talked a little bit more about the mechanics than in the trailer. Um so the mechanics look fascinating. Um I'm just I I like somebody mentioned that like that again with like some of the the female characters look very like Kojima. Like yeah. there's no way of knowing until you play the game if they're going to be Kojima, but like I, I have this weird love-hate relationship with Kojima games, as I've talked about during Metal Gear, um, because there's stuff I like, and then there's stuff that I'm just like, this is the weirdest possible way you could have gone about this, and I hate it. Um, but we'll we'll find out. But, like, some of the, some of the gameplay stuff does look absolutely fascinating to me. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm probably going to watch some Let's Play or play it first, and then... I'm going to see what the decide. reviews say. Yeah. 
if like I I don't want to have a quick time event of me pissing. Like I just there's gotta be piss in this game. I just know it. Kojima loves piss. This is this is the He's thing such a that weird guy. One day someone is gonna be like, "Hey Kojima, they talked about you on this podcast," and it's just me yelling, "Kojima loves piss." Um, <laughs> what is it with him and piss? Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I guess I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I, I guess. I'm like, is this a real game? Do we even know? <laughs> guess we'll find out. I mean, it has out. a release date now. What? I think it, I mean, it has a release date now. <laughs> Does it, though? The Final Fantasy VII <laughs> remake also has a release date now for its first part, and I kind of don't believe it. I just, I got burned by a lot of games. The last bit of pre- of imported salt comes in from Lord of the Podcast Likes at night underscore twitten. So we've tried to get internet at a new place, bought a modem, called out a guy out to secure the connection, all that jazz. Turns out the house just straight up doesn't have a phone slash data port, despite one being listed on the property report. So I really want internet here. We can get a really good plan, and it's the last barrier to being dependent on my parents, currently lugging my PS4 back to theirs to download Monster Hunter. But it's going to cost a couple hundred bucks to get a new port installed once we figure out where the original line should be. There was definitely previously a phone port. It must have been removed during a renovation and just never replaced. I'm going to pay for it, but we're on a six-month lease, so there's that niggling thought in the back of my head that we might end up moving again soon, and yeah. But I don't want to go another four months without decent internet, so I'm going to do it. Also, this whole debacle happened while I was at work because the connection guy showed up four hours early, and it really stressed Aaron out trying to find this non-existent phone port, That's and it's just been a total mess of a week. In sort of anti-salt territory, it looks like Activision was really holding Bungie back. The upcoming Destiny stuff looks awesome, and I'm really excited to see the future of the franchise again. Oh, and fuck Randy Pitchford. That guy needs to be ousted. Totally killed my interest in Borderlands 3 with the way he's acting. Uh, yeah... F- fuck Randy Pitchford. I I don't know who that is. He's like the the lead. Uh, is it Gearbox Studios that does Borderlands? Whatever it is. Um, he, if I remember correctly, the most recent controversy he was involved in was that he reposted uh, animal gore on his like his, tw- his like at Randy Pitchford Twitter, and um, before that he physically assaulted the voice actor for claptrap if i remember correctly um just he's just generally like a really bad person you know i looked him up and he looks like the the creepy the creepy guys who like come up to talk to me when i can't move from my chair at conventions yeah he's a generally a bad person yeah um but yeah fuck that guy fuck that guy also this phone port thing is something i always worry about whenever like i move into a new apartment or whatever i'm just like shit where's the where's the because you can't always look at a new apartment before you move in right and so it's just, i'm yeah. just like where's the phone port and there's only one in my current apartment and so the, i remember having a problem with my internet and century links like try plugging your modem into a different phone port and i'm like there isn't one this is the only one in my apartment <laughs> God, this all reminds me of you that um, thing with Seth Ever- Seth Everman, where like a few years ago or like a couple years ago, he made this video talking about the new house that he bought, and 
he or it's his first house that he's ever bought and whatever and he there was like a part in the video where he walks over to the washing the dishwasher and he's like it currently has the small problem where it electrocutes me every time i touch it uh so then the, that was an empty house tour but then like this year i guess or la- end of last year he went through went now that his house has furnishing inside and uh was talking about it and he gets to his dishwasher and he's like remember and he stops the video and he's like remember that thing about the dishwasher electrocuting me turned out that all the electricity in my house had been installed illegally it was super unsafe and i had to rip it out and replace it all very expensively that's all like, oh it all makes me so so afraid for the day that if i ever am able to afford a house like yeah like, what's gonna be wrong with it what is at least I if, my, if there's there. something fucked up about my apartment it's not my problem to fix yeah i mean i just know i'll never be able to afford a house because i this is like life you know the game yeah. and i chose to be an artist and i'm regretting it every time i land on a spot and have to pay a tax of some kind uh, but you know sometimes we make mistakes that will follow us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not to be sad, but yeah, like adulting is adulting is hard. It's time. It's so fucking hard. I'm sorry that this happened to you. Also, I think it's kind of rude that it was listed on the um description of the house, but like I also think it's kind of rude that you're leasing the house and the landlord isn't responsible for the cost of um, yeah, what the fuck? The oh, I don't know how. I, I don't know how the law is in Australia. I, yeah, here, <laughs> here like, you that can't. That doesn't sound right. Here, you can't make any modifications to your uh, rental space without the landlord's permission, and the landlord's usually responsible for stuff like that. Although he could just tell you to fuck off and not do it. Definitely. Yeah. So. All, but all I could think about was, like, that Always Sunny meme where it's like, that doesn't sound right, but I don't know enough about landlord laws in Australia to say otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know enough about landlord-tenant laws in general. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Thank you for sending in your salt. Thank you for sending in your salt. Um, that's our show for tonight. Where can we find you on the internet, Jesse? It turns out that you can find me on Twitter as at FilthyWizard, or you can find me on Instagram, Twitch, and Tumblr as FilthyMagicUser. And strangely enough, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch as HumanityUpgrade, and on Facebook and Instagram as CrowFeatherCosplay. And weirder still, you can find our podcast on Twitter as well as at PodcastSalt, and you can find our podcast... Um, on Fireside at saltreport.fireside.fm or anywhere else you get your podcasts like iTunes and Spotify and all those fun little apps. Um, if you'd like to send in any imported salt for us to read on the podcast, that would be the place to do it as our, our Salt Report DMs are open. Um, I do also check any comments and ats and whatnot mentions for the um, Twitter, so I will read those if you decide to tweet at us directly instead. Um, and oh, also the cryptid Jake. Cryptid, yes, our cryptid Jake, our editor, Jake underscore Lionheart on Twitter. And he's got lots of links to all of his uh, creative endeavors in his bio that you should check out. Um, and that's our show for tonight. And remember, you can't ask for more than a wife and a sword. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Night. <laughs>